Thank you, Allie, as well. We, we <laughs> so, look like the Brady Bunch. So. Nice. Oh, versus last time? <laughs> <laughs> I liked last time. Got so, a lot of details. It was right. good. It was, it was good. good. good All right. Well, this is the behind the scenes, but now we're going to go into the scenes. In this episode of the Dorkcast, we invited in Tahira Ali and Josh Bowen to talk about the ways the dorks are trying to push through our awkward adolescence as we find our voice within the industry. This was yet another fun conversation that took some interesting turns and twists organically as we share our thoughts on the industry and where it is headed. We hope you enjoy and encourage you to join live next time. And welcome to the Dork Strike Back. Our next episode in this fantastic voyage that is uh, the Dorkcast. I'm digging Jonathan Marsh and Trent really, you know, embracing the Star Wars theme there and putting things up behind them. Um, Travis, since in this, uh, what did you call it, view we've got here, the, uh, um, oh, it went out of my the head. Gallery the, view? The, no, Brady, no. the gallery view? The Brady Bunch. The Brady there Bunch you view. Yeah. You are to my left, so you're right. going to go first and... That's the kind of day I'm having. So all right, yeah, take it away. <laughs> so yeah, uh, my background, if you're not familiar, is uh, Shaun of the Dead. It's a tongue-in-cheek zombie movie. Um, today I was like, what? What do I want to do for my background? So I just googled nerdy backgrounds, and that's what I picked. Well, hopefully, you, if you haven't seen this movie, it's an incredible movie. I, I highly recommend it. And then we'll we'll go ahead and go have and have a pint at the Winchester. Um, so you have to watch that movie to get the reference. Um, today, out of solidarity with uh, Miss Ali, I'm drinking home-brewed kombucha, uh, so alcohol-free today. So my own my own mixture. It's uh, I used uh, black tea, honey, and then I did a secondary bottling with some raspberry and ginger. So nice and healthy, that good for the gut biome. Exceptionally <laughs> fancy as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trent, why don't you take it away since you're on the other side of that crisscross? All right, sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, I've got one from 18th Street Brewery. This one's kind of funky. It's called Number Two Pencil. I can get the, in the can art actually has a Scantron that the guy's filling out. So for those of you mm. that, that remember what a Scantron is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's a double dry hopped, double IPA, which I have no idea what that means, but it tastes good. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Jonathan, from what looks like the cockpit of, are we in an X-Wing? No. Oh, oh you're no. Vader. You're in an X-Wing. No, no, it's, we're totally in an X-Wing. You're in an X-Wing. I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> you're talking about you the, the your head. You lose your dork card. <laughs> but No. Uh, so today I actually went with um, a homemade too. So I have a dandelion mead. So, and it's in from bees that are down the street and from dandelions from the backyard. Um, and it was like in 2016, we went out and made it up. So it's been sitting there for a long time, but I thought I'd have it. It's nice and sweet and it's a summer day here. And, and, and this is eerie. So we don't get a lot of summer. We get a lot of snow. So I'm, I'm going to enjoy it while I have it. Is that good for your local allergies, Jonathan? You know what? I don't know. But maybe that's the reason that I don't have as many. <laughs> I'm going to say that it definitely is, and that's why I drink it. That, that's exactly You're what I'm going to so resilient. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> totally worth the swelling. 
It's all awesome. <laughs> We digress. This is what's going to happen with six of us on today. That's right. Um, all right. Well, I, I am actually in honor. I want to go riding later. You can't see it. Oh, you can't see it. So I'm drinking a sparkling water as well. This is my grapefruit one, which I'm not a grapefruit fan, but I have figured out in sparklings. I love it because it's, it's actually like a, uh, an actual citrusy fruit flavor. It doesn't taste like straight up grapefruit. So it's become my new favorite thing right now. And yes, the spiked ones are good as well. So that's me <laughs> joining us today from Nika, Josh Bone. What do you got going on? Where are you joining us from? It's great to have you, man. Yeah, so I'm home. I've been home. I've not traveled since I came home the morning of March the 13th, and I've been home since March the 13th. And I'm going a little crazy. I'm a little stir crazy right now. It is Groundhog Day for me. Uh, thank God. You know, I've got two jobs right now as the interim executive director of Electri, put together a pandemic report in six weeks and getting ready for our virtual summer meeting that goes on next week uh, in the midst of all these other presentations and everything else on top of everything that we're doing with innovation. And we're doing a, a big KPI study right now, really hammering out some data, looking at how we can create a, a national standards database and, and what we can do to learn around this at, at, at NECA. And it's very, very exciting. To, we're starting with absenteeism and just starting there to see, and, and we're, we're, we're not weaponizing the data. We are uh, putting it out there to understand, is it something that our contractors are doing incorrectly on the NECA side? And do they have the proper PPE? Uh, do they have the, the things that they need? Uh, to feel safe? Do they have the materials? Do they have the tools? So we're really trying to balance this out with IBW and NECA and just see what we can learn. So we've got so many irons in the fire right now. It's, uh, it's hard to keep up. You're one of the few guys I know in life that can get grounded completely, not leave and get busier. So um, and more to follow. I'm really excited to be able to announce and introduce. And uh, Josh, I don't know if you were, had a chance to get a drink. If you don't, feel free. Um, but to announce and welcome to hear Ali to the show. So thanks for joining us to hear from Milwaukee tool. Why? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, joining you from surprise, surprise, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we also are having a rare summer day. Uh, you can see my background of the corner of my house. So, uh, that keeps it pretty clean in terms of, uh, background visitors for the zoom meetings. And I am drinking today a mango, uh, very ethnic, very, uh, one of those like from the, the Asian or Indian grocery stores, one of those mango tropical drinks. Least you forget that I am indeed from the Caribbean. You are. So this is what I brought to share. I am born on an island with a volcano. So came here to change the world. <laughs> That's what this is all about, right? <laughs> one construction job site at a time, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So bringing a little bit more summer to the to the show. Alas, not spiked because, uh, you know, between being Muslim and then also being uh, 32 weeks pregnant, it's not a good look for that right now. It's frowned upon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, congratulations for oh, the 32 weeks pregnant. I found that out yesterday. So uh, it's exciting to hear. Uh, and Congratulations. And thanks oh, and, for uh, taking the time to join uh, us. My daughter is going to get uh, CPR certified and everything. So she's going to be all ready for you to, you know, we'll just drive her up to Milwaukee and do some babysitting. Exactly. We already have a plan for those of you who already have children. Get ready because when the conferences open up again, 
uh, I will be bringing my young one for your young ones to babysit. So plan <laughs> accordingly. And in the meantime, I'll be 3D printing this baby as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Oh, which is a fun segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is, you know, we've been doing every other show, guys, is sort of the evolution one, telling the origin story and the future stories of what the dorks and the construction dorks really are. And then, you know, covering those hot topics that we really want to cover, um, which we've done LOD and uh, how you've taken Excel and removed it from your company and done something new with it. So, and now we're kind of back to that origin story, but we brought these two folks on because, well, I don't think they're commonly associated completely with the construction dorks, more of the grown-up version of it um, and the out-in-front version of it. And we wanted to talk about the evolution. And I know, you know, Josh, you were a part of, you know, the, the contact episode that sort of was the spur behind the construction dorks hashtag getting started. But did you ever see it going where it is? And, and what, how do you define it right now? Gosh, that's, uh, no, I, I feel like I stumble into it every day with something new. And, and uh, I, I'm surprised that we've gotten to a point that we can do something like this and have built the community that we have along the way of over all of these years. We've all kind of found a way that there's, there's somehow been some kind of magnet there that, that we all have something in us that is, is pulling us in this direction. And as it's pulling us, it, it's kind of raising the tide. And uh, no, I mean, this, I started doing BIM and, and so long ago before it was three, you know, we were still 3d modeling and, and I didn't expect it, it to be what it is and, and what's goes behind it now and, and the importance and, and being this hub of all construction technology. And then to, to think about where we are with a podcast and, and the construction dorks and, you know, when, DJ said that it was just organic. It was just natural. It was, you know, letting him kind of what DJ does really well talk, you know, just let him go, set him up and let him run. And, and that's what DJ did. And how you know, the hashtag started trending and we, we here we are today. It, it's, it's amazing to think about that one phrase resonated with so many of us and uh, has just caught wind and, and turned out. I, I talk about it all the time when I'm speaking. You know, search, hashtag construction door. Yeah, we tell people that all the time. To hear, I mean, talk to me about what, what it's meant for you. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that, especially for me, has been interesting is I, you know, some of you know this, but for many of you, uh, it, many of you might not be aware that I spent many years behind the scenes. So if you look at, a lot of Milwaukee Tools products, a lot of our drills, a lot of saws, a lot of lights, a lot of our, you know, kind of basically every business unit within Milwaukee. I spent years in R&D actually designing the products. So learning how to hand wind motors, learning how to make the Bluetooth sequences for one key. So early on, I was uh, I was an avid dork. And even before that, you know, many years ago, we, we were talking a little bit about our origin stories many, many years ago. One of the first things I did, and you know, as a as a teenager, as really as an 11 year old, was learn to draft by hand. So I've always been kind of gearing myself up to to join this this amazing community. And what what's really powerful, I think, is is just you know, for all the technology, for all the the really great innovations and the way that things have advanced, it's all about the people, right? It's what we can do and what we can really elevate in the industry when we're able to work together. 
and that's something that's that's so powerful to be able to to build on and be a part of and so you know that's that's the thing that's really i think brought us together both in our work and then in our personal lives as well well you kind of bring up a good point there like these kind of mix and you know for for a little fun and transparency i was having trouble getting things started today and so we started this webinar and we didn't actually we let everybody in right away so people were hearing the background thing and and what we were talking about is we do all talk both personally and professionally um and and it's been kind of this cool mix of all that coming together i think most of the dorks pretty much live this life it's not it's not just something we do right it's not hollywood it's not no. hollywood no, no is, unless you're talking about hollywood bim right josh <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's the only. It's uh, and you know, those people aren't doing it right if they're doing the Hollywood them. So that's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Any feedback from the guys on what it, you know this construction dork where it started and where it's going? Well, I wanted to um, you know give Josh a little little pat on the back because um, you know talking more behind the scenes stuff as as we we talked about on the episode with with DJ and Nathan that we were talking, you know, DJ's like, we got to have our own event. We got to start doing our own thing. And, and, you know, like we just said, we're, we're texting, we're talking back and forth. I was talking with Josh a lot and he, and he and Nathan really took it and pushed me, which would took me from a, not, not necessarily passive, but not super sure what to do with it all. And, and it kind of just forced it out there to, to again, kind of talk about having our own event, talk about growing up, talking about, getting in front of Nika, MCA and Milwaukee and DeWall and all the, the right players to say, you know what, we, we think we have some pretty good people with some pretty good ideas um, and let's really get it out there. Um, so I really have to thank Josh for that. Thank Nathan again for that because, you know, the CPC helps, helps give us some, some, some credit has the, the not-for-profit backup and, and, you know, to, to our own credit, people are starting to listen. So I, I have to thank both of you for that. Oh, thank you, Travis. I mean, listen, I love and respect all of you here on this. This is, uh, I do. And, and we all listen to each other. And I, I think that so many times, you know, Jonathan has to talk to me and tell me things seven times. I'm the slowest one out of the group by far. And, and it takes me seven times of hearing it before I start to come along. But I'm always open to hearing what, what all of you say, because yeah, that, that is what drives me. I love helping people. And, and getting to work with other people like all of you, that we're, that's what we're here for to hear. You're right. We're here to help each other. That's what, that's what gets us up and gets us going every day. Some of us are educators. Some of us are just, you know, we've got different skills that we bring and, and use those to help this industry that we all love so much. You know what I found really interesting about the dorks and Tahira touched on it was almost everybody that I meet that sort of self-identifies that way has been in the weeds for a really long time. Like they might be talking about generalizations when they're talking to everybody else. But if you go ask them like some really specific nerd level question, they will spend 15 minutes explaining exactly how that works. Because right before they did all this, they were doing everything anyway. So it's sort of like most of the time, I think when the construction dorks get together, you know, we talk publicly at these events and we talk at this, this level of sort of generals. And then we go and sit together after it and talk so nerd that most people probably have no idea what we're talking about um, because we were in the weeds and we do know, you know, we, we, we uh, accidentally were sending each other texts in all caps this morning because we were working. 
You know, everybody who works VDC and BIM knows you accidentally leave your cap locks on. So it sounds like you're yelling every time you text anyone. I think that's why we started this live because Trent was yelling at me. <laughs> then, he, then he takes us back. I'm not yelling. I'm working remotely. Uh, or I'm working. I'm working. But right. I, the, I read it. It was like, I, I'm, I'm not yelling. I'm panicking. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to start this. So We just live very intensely is, I think, what it is. <laughs> Passionate, strong, right? Yeah. yeah. A strong yeah. sense of urgency. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but you you know you brought up something cool there though Jonathan and that's sort of the the idea behind this show was to give us all a spot where we could go deeper and wider and not really have to worry because I think as all of us take these ideas outside and turn them towards the masses we I don't want to use dumbing down because that's really the wrong word for it we have to make it consumable and and we have to take our time so that they can consume it and can get on the bus with us it takes a little while longer so this is more the uh for the people already on the bus that already get it so to hear i kind of wanted to spin to you because you know we haven't had anybody from the tool side of things and with your perspective on so how do you see something like this movement um you know benefiting the industry and benefiting what you do Oh, absolutely. I think this is what's really powerful. And you just, you know, you hit the nail on the head just a moment ago with the accessibility of bringing, you know, all of these big ideas and and being able to separate the buzzwords from what actually matters and bringing them to the industry. And from from our perspective, uh, you know, and I know this is this is all about coming without your brand, but just from the perspective of Milwaukee Tool as a whole, what's been really wonderful is, you know, it's not about what tool can we shove in people's hands or what can we do to to drive the best you know the best battery powered whatever to be able to to elevate it's about how do we elevate the people at their core and i think that's the thing that unites all of us is that we're not looking to say use this software or use this hardware we're looking to say what are the processes that are giving you pains what are the the pain points that we're all living through and you know whether it's a culture thing whether it's a a productivity thing whether it's a safety thing we're all here to to just kind of aggregate and again be able to to raise that tide for everyone and i think that's been something that's that's united us all is that we're all very you know we come with different backgrounds and we come you know as manufacturers we come as consultants we come as subject matter experts from all facets of the industry but it's all about how can we bring those talents together to make something better for all of us and and not just for us but most importantly for those who are the craft workers who are the contractors who are living and breathing the industry and that that to me is the part that's so rewarding right is when you go and you talk to someone and you and you hear them talk about the skyline that they made you know it's not about the building that they built it's about the school it's about the church it's about the hospital it's about the mosque and so that's really what's i think the driving force and the unifier unifier between all of us is we're all looking at this from the standpoint of how do we help people build better, stronger, safer communities? That was really well said. Now, Josh, I know that that breeds to you with, with Nika and what you're doing. Yeah. You know, guys, this, that led me to think to hear about a couple of things. I look back at, at history and in these unprecedented times at the economic downturn of 2008, leadership gets much harder and you find leaders forced to get their get out on a ledge and, and start to think in new ways and try some new things because we are in uncharted waters today with this pandemic and you know 
they start to turn to people like us who are passionate about what we do. We've done our research. We've done our homework. We believe in the message that we're out there spreading and they turn to us and they give us an opportunity in these times to lead in a way and help guide them through this process because it's no longer safe to be a leader uh, that you, you can't be, you, you can't play it safe right now. And, and I know a lot of our construction dork friends are going to be now given that opportunity. And one of the things I love so much about the construction dorks is I've come full circle in my career, starting with architects, engineers, owners, the GC side of this. And I came to the trades much later in my career. And I think, man, we always get it. You and Nathan and I and Travis, we were all there together. And a number of us were there in uh, Phoenix. We were doing that roundtable discussion with Kurt. We were going through and somebody raised their hands like, ah, who do we, who? And I, I specifically asked, okay, we only need the important people. Who are those important people? And they went and they said, you know, they went through the list of everybody. But I said, well, what about the trades? You left them off. No, they're not important. And we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. It is one of those things that I, I'm so excited uh, to think about these leaders getting an opportunity to work more closely with the trades going forward. I think it's going to help from share that, that, that common language of really the challenges that we face out in the field. I think that's where the construction dorks have migrated from. We understand that it, this happens in the field. We can plan and do all these amazing things, but the architects and engineers, we can't, if they can't get it executed, then no one's going to be successful. And a lot of people are still going through that mature, that, that, process of, of getting to where they need to be to understand how important the trades are in this process. I think that's a good point. And, and I, I'm going to jump on a, a phrase that Jeff uses all the time is that the human API. So sometimes, you know, we, we talk about just Tara talked about diversity of backgrounds and, and everything like that. And, and there's some of us that are the, the nitty gritty doers, hands on in the stuff. And then we have the the people that, that, you know, like me, they're probably like the 60% or the really good sounding boards that throw, throws a one phrase in that kind of galvanizes the idea. But then we also have the human API of, of connecting people up, but there's also that, that transfer of information, like, like Josh was saying, like Trent and Jonathan and I are, are in, in these roles with companies in the field doing stuff. And, and we have that kind of information. I mean, it is good for us to, to provide that that pass through on up through the rest of the project team and and, it, and it's only going to make those projects better. It's only going to make the rest of the industry better. Well, I think I, something that, um, something that, that Trent, you and Travis touched on in a previous episode, the idea of making it real, right? The idea of taking people who are working in, you know, whether it's interns or full-time hires, we're in VDC and BIM, bringing them out to the field. And that's something that I think, again, you know, very early in my career as a product uh, designer was critical, right, is you can't, you can't design what's the best tool for you. And I think that's true in everything we do. It's you, we're not designing for ourselves. We're designing for a whole different audience that's coming at, it, at this with a whole different background. And Jonathan, you, you know, you lived it in the trades, and now you live it even more elevated because now you're representing so many companies. And, and it's just really so powerful to see it's not about what we want. It's about, you know, the, the real life people who are, who are building these buildings and who are, who are actually going out and, and having to deal with when things don't go as smoothly as the workflow is intended. So I think that's, that's a really powerful part too, right? And that's how we continue to engage and elevate and get more people to fall in love with this industry. Yeah. 
That's an excellent point. And I'll, I'll piggyback on that too. Cause when, when I took over uh, my role at North mechanical kind of the way they handled VDC was it was, it wasn't, you know, prized or prided on to the point and, and it was a small department and basically they were, they were coordinating or doing this for, um, for fabrication, but they were, they didn't have that field connection all the time. And they were doing things that were getting it off their plate the fastest, you know, efficiency was like, well, I got that done way faster. And some PMs have the same mentality. It's like, how do I get my piece done? But then, you know, me coming into the role with the field, you know, I've got the field link and I'm thinking, it's not about that. It, it's about what's faster out there with 30 guys. What, how are those 30 people going to get it done faster? It's not about me in front of the computer getting done faster. So that's, um, you know, an important mentality. And we're kind of pushing that. And, and now I see the company taking on that, that mentality. You know, you see more PMs thinking that way. You see people um, in the office thinking that way. So, Trent, you hit on it. I think it's kind of critical there too. It, it, what got me about the dorks and all the stuff going on in the, in the back of the show, so to speak, or in the hallways was some of the passionate fighting about all these people are standing up there talking about it, but they're not living it in the field and they're not, they're not really hands-on. They're not really getting it. And I got the I got lucky early early on in my career figuring that out and and having some of the same experiences in different different spaces actually than than each of you guys you know mine was in the ski world and you know it it, it was really interesting to to have that same feedback and I think that's why it was important and what I want to know Josh is like how do you see that moving forward that is this becomes something that's I want to call it structured because this is unstructured structured data I guess is what we all are here but as we move forward how do we maintain that unstructured but get structured and continue to stay true to the roots you know uh, it, it goes back to to the lessons that Jonathan has taught me for a long time Lonnie Compton lives by this Trent it just brought it up and he lives by it too is I, I think what we always have to make sure that we do is think about the field. We, we've got to make sure that that people process technology. We integrate technology to make sure that we are thinking about workflows. So often it's, it's easy to get attracted to that shiny object and uh, augmented reality and some of those things. But if, if it's not practical and it doesn't integrate into our workflows, that that's the real challenge is, is finding those building that tech stack from the ground up. I, I wonder now to some of us kind of, how do we take that next step? Because I, I look at where we are on the electrical side and, and everything is very new for us. It, it's fertile ground and we can build a foundation right now and move up. I, I've worked with all of you on the mechanical side. And as I'm looking at you, you guys have been doing this a long time and a lot's changed in the world in the 10 years that you've made some adoptions and you got to knock down some of those walls and start back up or find a way to integrate in, you know, and you've got to have that mindset of standardization through this process. Cause if you can't standardize this data and not have to do tons of work on top of it, man, you are making you a, a really, you're adding a lot of work to your plate. And when you do that, you're not looking in real time. You're starting to look backwards with all, work that you add onto that plate. And now, now you're looking a week back in that process. Now you're a month behind because you don't have visibility into what's happening. Man, it, it, that thing can snowball real quick and get out of hand to, if you don't have a good plan going forward. 
Tahira, can you expand on that? Because it's how are we maintaining that route and listening to what Josh is saying is, you know, we've got to take that field first view. How do you always keep that in sight? I, well, and I, I, you know, again, for me, it's, it's, it's this beautiful process where you, you have to have the people first and you have to think about what are their pain points, right? And, and this is something I think all of you have seen me preach about and lead workshops and, and work with all of you on is this idea of, you, you, before you even get to the technology, before you even get to the the shiny new headset or the, the exoskeleton or the machine language, you know, you have to think about what are the who are the people you're championing and advocating for, and also what are they what are they experiencing? What's their workflow and what are those problems looking like? And then and and even beyond that, you know, one of the things that that you asked about Jeff is how do we how do we scale this? How do we keep this going? Not just between us, but how do we keep this going as a community? And, and a, such a big part of that is elevating people from within, right? Being welcoming to the, to the, the next generation, the, 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 the new people at the conference, because let's face it, we all know each other. So when new people come in, giving them that opportunity to, to have a voice and to have a community, because by giving them that opportunity, they get to become the pioneers and they get to become the people who we were and also the people who are going to out, you know, outpace us. And we want people smarter than us. That's I think the, the trick to this, we want them all to be better than us. The pattern so, ones. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. On theme. <laughs> it was all there. And, and, and that's, what's so important is because it's, it's about us, but it's also about the people who, you know, can elevate and, and surpass us again to help, map those pain points, map those workflows. You know, how many times have we, I, I can't tell you the numbers of times that I've referenced uh, Jonathan Marsh and Josh Bones, you know, massive VDC workflow to talk about, you know, what are the, what are the pain points? What are the blind spots? What are those areas? Because that's how you, that's how you aggregate it. And that's how you shake it up to find those good opportunities. And you both hit on it. I, and I, and I think I've tried to do this myself, but I, I never thought about passing it on to this group, but you know, for everybody listening and everybody on the show, you know, take the time to grab somebody and bring them along with us. You know, this, this Don't movement, physically. not, not physically. Well, you can't <laughs> no, right now anyway. You right? Right if not. you did, you're breaking social distance. So you better, you got other rules to follow. Um, but, but virtually grab them and drag them along with this. Um, uh, he's not on today, but uh, you know, I spoke in front of a group and a, a young guy wrote, reached out to me about it. And I was like, how do you join? You just join. Like, just come right. on. And if we were at a show, it, it would be just like, well, come on. This is where we're all hanging out, you know, come into this hallway conversation. I mean, I think, Josh, we remember when, you know, Walker Lockhart did that to us, right? When we were at the crew, it was at MCAA Tech two, three years in ago, Austin. four years in ago Austin. in Austin. Yeah. yeah. The famed site of the uh, rickshaw incident. <laughs> that story you will can, never go. Nope. You can look up on another show somewhere else. Oh, my um, gosh. But we do, we, and, and, you know, to hear, I know that, you know, diversity and changing of thought, we had this conversation yesterday is huge. Uh, and I, I, I think I want to define that a little bit more openly too, of like diversity is everything, right? It, it, there's not one thing we can, we, that you should pin diversity down on. Diversity is, is background. It's, you know, experience. It's all of that. And we need to be reaching outside of here. You came from outside. So I think you have that, you know, feeling of what it's like to come from outside of this industry and come into it. Well, and it's also too, you know, like I, it's funny cause I'll be tapped on a lot to give, believe it or not, give a lot of talks about diversity in this industry. 
And one of the things that, that I talk a lot about is, you know, I, I'll come up there and I'll talk about diversity of age or diversity of trade or diversity of which geographical location you're from. And I remember one year at AU, I gave a talk about diversity in the industry. And I, you know, I talk about the, you know, what, what the Southwest U.S. is doing versus like the Midwest and then the Northeast and the Southeast. And, and then someone came up to me afterwards and was like, good talk you know, there's the, the rest of the world too. You know, this is a global <laughs> conference, but it's, but it's the truth. Right. And that's, that's what's so powerful is, you know, it's not just about, you know, the diversity of the simple labels we can use, but especially now we're seeing more and more with everything going on in, in, in our country and in the world today is that, you know, there are some really big, hard conversations that we can start to bridge. And if we don't, you know, if we don't look them in the face, we'll never be able to create those opportunities for equality and never be able to create those opportunities for everyone to, to be able to escalate and, and, and contribute. But also this is where technology helps us, right? It opens the door to non-traditional people, non-traditional backgrounds and bringing everyone into, into being able to help and contribute in really valid ways to this industry. I think that, that you touched on it too, is that, that technology is a way to connect, but it's also been an interesting way to recruit. You know, um, I've done a couple of talks at schools and stuff like that. And in, 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 I went in there, um, I was supposed to be wearing my computer programmer hat, but I was already working for, for mechanical at that point. And, and I've always kind of said that, you know, construction has a PR problem. So when I was going in and talking to these kids and stuff, and I'm showing them all the cool stuff we do, then, then you really, you do open up that audience more to, you know, um, it's really hard to sometimes um fill that or to 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 grow that diversity if your funnel is really small right so you got to fill that funnel with as many people getting interested into into construction into technology and then and then the ones that really get it really embrace it really want to run with it they're just going to naturally be there it's interesting that was a if anybody's heard me that that's one of my was first wins ever in construction technology was bringing a I built a headset thinking that, you know, BIM was the future and VR was the future of masonry, which I'm going to say, I think that was still ahead of its time. (laughs) Maybe for quite a while too. Um, However, when we actually rolled it out and brought it to a school, we had a line of kids line up and you're right, Travis, not all of them ended up coming to us, but we had a a huge group of them that joined uh, the summer internship program. And, you know, some of them were the first ones I could put a phone in their hand and it just wasn't scary. So, you know, that there is that. And Josh, I, I'm going to take the diversity talk and I'll bring it to you because I know some of the things you guys are doing at Nika. And I, I want to take diversity to like, you have data people. Imagine that discipline. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say, I want to say something though, first, it, it says a lot about our industry and a lot about you as a person, Jeff, when they have people leading diversity talks in our industry and it's a white guy named Jeff Sample. I'm not so sure what that says about our industry or the fact that you're just super diverse and though, I mean, it just in, in, in the mindset. So I, I, I that's a it's compliment, buddy. That's right. It's, well, it's a compliment. Thank you very much. And it's funny because to hear, and I did have that conversation yesterday. And for those of you, you know, interested in it, that's the one thing is, is I do look like they don't see me coming. That I think is the beauty of it, Josh. Um, they don't see me coming, but the, the idea is to kick open the door and then let everybody else run through it. Um, 
and and that's what I love. I mean, that's how to hear how you and I met and how I've met most of you guys is just talking and not having those barriers. So, but by breaking them down and like you said to hear, look at them in the face. I mean, part of this is having the difficult conversations and being open to it. But it's funny because every one of the times I give it or you give it to here, we always get that feedback of there's more. And I think that's awesome. There always is more, you know, that's the, the Rick Khan. Yes. And yes. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. And what's next. And that's, that's kind of why I wanted to throw it to you, Josh, and talk about, you know, we got to get more diverse in all the areas and you guys are using data scientists for a lot of what you're driving at Nika. Yeah, and let me let me say a couple of things here. One thing about diversity that's so important, there's an amazing Hidden Brain podcast about diversity and how they've taken different types of research projects out there and whether it's it's finding a vaccine, whether it's 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 coming up and solving a very complex problem, having a diverse team that tackles these problems, it's proven that it is exceptionally better when you have diverse backgrounds working together in a group. It's been proven over and over and over at at many levels. And I will say, right, we have an amazing leader at NECA who is all about diversity and, and, and really pushing this to another level. And and I think it has resulted. I mean, if you, if you just take our little innovation team, um, we come with a, a wide variety of backgrounds. Amanda Harbison, who is, is our director of research, uh, she comes from biotechnology and where she specialized in, in data uh, with biotechnology. And to hear you know, Amanda, she is, she's one of those people she's that phenomenal. she is. She just, yesterday, she had to do some research for this Nika live event that we're putting together. And I spoke to her at the end of the day and her brain was fried. She was just looking at numbers all day day long but it was one of those things when you saw what she was able to put together in just a couple of days it's amazing when when it comes to data it's those unknown unknowns we've we've talked about that and i i I was talking about that donald rumsfeld quote that that's out there that it's the unknown unknowns it's the (laughs) deeper you dig every time it's amazing how much more your questions evolve and, and and you start to see things in a different way. And as we industrialize this industry and we start to look at what that means and we bring in the the electrician, let me use them. They start to look more like a technician. And as we start to think about bringing in industrial engineers into this industry, we start to bring in people that specialize in logistics. It's going to change our whole mindset around this manufacturing approach. And, and, and that's where we've got to start going is we've, we've got to start reaching outside of our industry. Like Travis was saying, like, like we're all, we all know now, I think a lot of us have, 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 have we, we need some outside influences. We need some outside knowledge and, and we need someone in that room with us saying, Trent, did you all oh, Trent that, that fires Trent off? Cause now Trent's got a new idea that he had not thought of that takes it to a whole nother level that inspires Jonathan to think about something new that how he's going to approach this in a different way, because it, it's different. It's a, it's a different way of thinking. And I, I do believe data is going to be, that, that's the future of our industry as we industrialize. To hear it look like you wanted to jump in on that one because I know you guys are using it and you're using it. We've talked about how you use data to drive decisions. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really powerful is, right, that diversity of background, right, that diversity of expertise, whether you have a data scientist or you have, you know, uh, IT professionals who are looking at things a different way, um, but also even, you know, one of the best BDC teams in the country that I'm aware of, uh, they got as far as they got because they happened to hire a video game designer, you know, someone with blue hair who started out as a video game designer and they hired him in and they brought him in and he did uh, layout. And so he was doing layout for four years. And all of a sudden when VDC comes around, Hey, you know, they're trying to figure out what the heck to do or they're, or when virtual reality comes around, they're trying to figure out how, to, you know, what do we do to make people these immersive environments? And, Oh, we happen to have someone who ha now has construction expertise, but Oh, by the way, they also have the ability to create a 3d world. So it's just, you know, the skills and being able to bring them together. Like it's, you know, before I worked for the the construction industry, I was designing neural networks and doing machine learning for rocket ships, for helicopters. And when I came to Milwaukee, as many of you know, my first projects were the the calculus behind the thumb wheel on the adjustable wrench. But, you know, it's 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 how you're able to apply these these really critical things to be able to make the best tools for the job. And that's what that's what you get when you expand and when you allow more people to, to be able to challenge themselves in the industry. Uh, and you, you hit on a critical one. Jonathan, look like you got something there. I was going to say, I just started working with some video game designers about six months ago. And I have learned so much working with them for six months because what they thought was easy, I thought was difficult. And what I thought was going to be, you know, I mean, it was, and they, I've kind of let them have their own reign to do some new stuff. And as they've been doing new stuff, I've been watching them like, that's way better than what I would have done, you know? And it's not because, because they're not, they're not exposed to the echo chamber and they really do have sort of a, a, a separate way of thinking about things. And I think that's great. Like the, uh, I've been over the last six months also talking to a lot of people um, overseas about some of the ways that they're building. And they're like, oh, we're so far behind you in the US. And I'm like, no, you're not, not in the ways you think. Like half of the things you're doing are so far beyond us. So it's, it's just really interesting to see how, as we start to sort of tie in a couple extra industries, how huge that impact is. It's just, it's, it's so dramatic. Well, it's funny, you know, you got the BIM UK mandate and I was talking to somebody from the UK and I'm like, well, you guys got it all right. And he's like, no, you guys got it all right. And I'm like, I think everybody's lying to each other. Nobody has this thing linked yet. <laughs> But I can't let this one go because Travis hit on it, Tahiri, you hit on it, and the, the blue hair and the, and the diversity, something too, like we can't ignore and we don't, we don't over talk about COVID right now here, but like construction is still a cornerstone of the economy. It's one of the things that's keeping this sucker moving right now and moving forward and giving people jobs and, you know, it's actually creating new jobs, et cetera. And I think it's our opportunity to grab I don't care, blue hair, I don't care, nose rings. I, I really don't care. I don't care what your background is from that perspective. You know, and if you look, it is a global industry. I mean, I came from a masonry background, had a lot of people that we brought in on J1 visas to work with us. Yeah, there was a language barrier, but Gold Siri helped me uh, bridge that gap and really work with them and learn. And we have an opportunity to be this very diverse, very inviting, very open group, but we still have some barriers to overcome. And, and I hope this group as a whole can help break down those barriers. Cause what I think I find so unique is really none of us is looking at that in the room. We're really just talking in the room. And 
And what, what I'd love to know, like, is any of you guys is, is how do we get those? Well, I called you two the adults to hear and Josh, but I guess the adults <laughs> above the adults, how do we get the grandparents to figure out that this is a powerful opportunity in the industry? Well, I think what's really powerful too is, is the straight, the labor shortage, right? It's this, you know, like we have over 50% of the population in the U S is female but we have 9% of the workers in construction are actually female versus male. And then when you look at the actual trades, it's 3%. So, and, and that's, you know, that's something that whether you think about it in, in terms of this pandemic or you even spread it out even more to just the labor shortage we've been dealing with, this is an opportunity to, to bring more people in. And this is where, you know, and, and, and you know, Jeff, you and I talked about this yesterday, the ability to be an advocate is not limited to who you are and what your experiences are. It's just limited to your ability to see a vision of what the future could be. And so by each of us being there to help others come into the industry, by being able to help others be able to make valid contributions, what you allow us to do is, is to, to not just talk about it, but actually show and demonstrate the change that people can make, whether it's people of color, whether it's people of hair color, whether it's people of gender, you know, everyone can bring something to this. And, and, and so that's the exciting thing is that we, we are the catalyst for that change. We are the ones who can make the adults, but also, you know, the, the youngsters to, to use a term that really makes me seem like an old lady, <laughs> but, but bring everyone in. Well, I think that um, one thing that I, that I would say I, I like about this group is, you know, even as, you know, like Nathan said, we're kind of struggling through our adolescence as we, the dorks blossom into this, this, force or whatever it is but you know we are trying to work on the pr problem that like i mentioned i think we're all trying to positively promote uh, construction outside of our own walls to draw more people in um, but this group it, i i i hear joe rogan say this word all the time is is a true meritocracy if you know what the heck you're talking about we don't care we're going to draw you in and we're going to introduce you to all of our people and hopefully that groundswell just keeps going and going and going and then then and there's that critical mass of, that people just can't help but hear Right. Yeah. So I think I wanted to real quick when we were on, so like the real value of diversity, right. Is the diversity of ideas, right? Like no matter, no, no matter what, um, you know, where they are, where people come from or, or background environment, anything, you know, what we're really looking for is the diversity of ideas. And that's what you get when you achieve that. And, um, you know, and to, Sorry, I forgot my idea now. Golly, <laughs> you know, Trent. <laughs> what happens when you sit around Listen. long enough? And okay, Trent, we got you. We yeah, got Trent, you. Um, you're drinking a double IPA, double hop. Double is that what it is? You know, double is, that what it is. is. That's is that... it, it, it happens. It happens. Call oh, that I was a I was racer. Yeah, I was so, going to talk about um, Tahiri, uh, how she talked about the labor shortage, and what we've done uh, for that is technology has actually allowed us to um, to combat that. You know we see more of our work going to the fab shop. We see more uh, to be able to keep these buildings on time, you know, on budget. And, and the only way we achieve that is through the technology that we're teaching ourselves. So that's why, that's why yeah, we got technology can be an enabler for some people that wouldn't fit into a more of a traditional role. Yeah. yeah. I do want to point keeps, out a black eye though. Safer. Yeah. I, I do want to point out a black eye though, that, that's still on there. And I, I do think this is one of the reasons that we've not progressed as quickly in the industry is 
while the field is, we've talked about how important it is. There's not enough diversity in the field at, at, at the worker level. That is where we lack a lot of diversity. And it's something that we have to improve because, you know, it, it, it's come a long way. It's come a, a, a long way in, in my 21 years in this industry. And, and I can tell you that I'm optimistic about what I see. And, and I, we're, we're going to see an acceleration of this. But I think it goes back, as, as Travis was saying, hey, democracy, that is the way we believe. We have to bring the field along. We have to work with them. And, and there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. And there, there is clicks. And we all know it. We all know it. And, and that's one of the things that, that we're trying to do is help bring them along and expose them. And listen, you, you've getting back into the weeds, like you said, Jonathan, earlier, that's where we, we all cut our teeth in the weeds. I mean, the hero was, was a thumb wheel. That's, that's <laughs> as in the weeds and as you can possibly be. But as, as you think about this, it's a lot of the skills we developed early in our career doing training on ARCHICAD, on Revit, on Bluebeam. You start to learn. You think you're going to go in and do an eight-hour day of training with a project manager on Bluebeam? They'll smack you down so fast and tell you, get out of here. I don't have time for you. But if you give them 15 minutes, they want 30 minutes next time. Then they want 45 minutes next time. Then they want an hour. And you start to build trust. I, I cut my teeth a lot in job trailers doing 3d modeling with a sprinkler fitter telling me you run who nobody would ever do it that way. well show me how you do it and then the and then the the duct guy would come in there like you moron that's not how you do it it's like, uh, it, it, it built a lot of character and it's something that we have to be that jeff that down the door and bringing someone in like just shut up you trust me right this person with the blue hair, this person with this, you know, th shut up. You trust me, right? Shut up and listen to this person with blue hair and you'll learn something for a minute. If you'll give them a chance, learn from you too, and we can all get better. So I think that's, that's kind of an evolving role. I know, Jonathan, you've worked on that. Trent, I know you deal with that. Travis, you're dealing with that day in and day out. Those, those are things that we have to do right now as our group is, is, is gain that trust, of those people that are less likely to, to be open and, and be as open to diversity and uh, do what we can. So. I agree with you, Josh. And you know, it, it's funny. I, I sat in, I think it was an MCAA talk and, and it was about hiring and, and, you know, we're in this, you know, I, I can't tell you how many of these we've been on where we hear labor shortage, labor shortage, labor shortage. It's like, it's not, this is not a fact people don't know, but yet our hiring managers are, arms crossed. What are you going to do for me? And, you know, you're not cut for this industry. And I feel like we get that there. And so how do we change that? But also then consistently, I'm hearing this about the field and bringing the field in, but I think we're really failing in that. Um, I think we're even failing in understanding it. It's, it's the, isn't it Dato who, you know, tells the story about going on to a paperless job site and then, it turns out that he said, taps him on the shoulder, says, come back tomorrow. And then they come back tomorrow and all the paper fell out of everywhere. And it was like, cause none of that works. So how do we expose that and open it up? And, you know, I think we have to look to folks, how do we do that? How do we get those arms to uncross? How do we get the field to say, yeah, we don't like it so we can fix it. 
I think a big part of it too is also similar to when you're trying to get new technology adopted or you're trying to 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 try a new idea or a new solution. It, we can't be the only champions, right? We can't be the only ones who are the champions, and we can't be the only ones who are trying to kick the door open. So, so it's how you can figure out those people who are already in the field, who are already thriving, and turn them into the champions and the advocates. So, you know, one step is bringing people in, but another is pairing them up with those who have more education or more experience or more of a background being seasoned in the trades. And, and, a, 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 and you know, you can be an advocate all you want, but at the end of the day, let's face it, we all work out of offices for most of our workday. So what can we do to get those in the field to be the advocates themselves and, and be the ones who are proponents, not just for the technology, but for the new people, for those people who, again, are hungry, who want to have the ability to prove themselves. You know, like one of the big pieces of, of diversity that we haven't yet mentioned today is age diversity, right? There's different things that motivate different generations or different, you know, ages and people, and especially now more than ever, the ability to be trained, the ability to have mentors, the ability to get recognition, and the ability to know that you're being invested in and that you're growing, those are things that all of the, the folks entering the workforce today are, are, are hungry for, are thirsty for. And so that's what, you know, allows us to take some of this tribal knowledge and pass it down. You know, one thing about that, Tara, I think that is something I have learned in my career we're not looking for those people that are following their passion in this industry. We're looking for the people that are actually willing to put their passion in their back pocket and take it with them everywhere they go. Those are the ones that really succeed in this industry is that it's not all pretty. We've got to do some really tough lifting at times to, to break down some of these barriers and, and to get them to buy into some of our ideas that we have and, 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 I think that's a very important part of this process is you just, you know, looking at this group here, you put your passion in your back pocket and you take it with everything that you do, whether it's parenting, whether it's, it's, it's whatever. Uh, I know all of you that, and I think that's something we need to continue to look for those people uh, not looking for that, that, that glorious thing, because it's, it's not always pretty here. No, it's really, it's really a lot of work here and, and it's pretty cool. Cause too, like, we're, we're having this fun conversation, but yet the, you know, most of us are chatting as well throughout here. And it's like, you know, Trevor Owen, yes, bring them into the weeds with you, gives them a sense of ownership as well, especially when you walk on a site with a robot. Trevor, I need to go on a site with you with a robot soon when that's legit. So I can, I can really do that because that's pretty awesome. And then I was actually going to mention cognitive dissonance and then Nathan put in cognitive plasticity because you know, it's this, that's that ability for us to like move around. But for me, it's really about um, like being able to take that negative feedback. I think something that, that doesn't come across very often in the Dorkcast, and maybe we should try and figure this out guys. So this is like a planning session as well is, is we do disagree with each other. You know, we right. have sat and vehemently argued as a group, Jonathan, I'm going to call you out. You and I had a whole discussion about scale in IT and IT being a pain in the butt and being the negative and me being on the exact opposite side. And I was like, we need to get on that stage and have it, but we do have it. And I think, you know, that ability to listen to dissension, you know, people, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. Like I, I struggle because I'm critical that I'm calling people's baby ugly and I'm not doing it nicely. But 
it's really about being cognitively dissident and talking. Like we have to, no matter what it is we're doing, whether it's Trenton in a VDC procedure and something he's asking the field to do, if it's not working, he has to be ready to take that feedback. And I, I don't know that we show that enough, that that really does happen here. I mean, Jonathan, I was picking on you, but you remember that? I remember that. And I think there's a, there's a big values disconnect. I actually have a really good, um, it's, it's, I know we're not supposed to mention the companies, but it's a Milwaukee tool story. Um, I was sitting in an airport. <laughs> I'm sitting in an airport in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I'm wearing this shirt that says I'm a construction technologist. And there's this electrical guy, Josh has just become the head of NECA. He's sitting beside me. He goes, Oh, construction tech. And he says, yeah, I love the tools. And I'm thinking he's going to talk about a Pharaoh or Trimble or, you know, something high tech. He's like, no, I got this crimper, you see. And I was like, and he's got Josh's accent as he's telling me it. So he's, he's like, like, actually, he says, what? it used to be gas power. Every day I would go home and my clothes would smell like gasoline every day. And, and he started, he kept rising and rising in tone until he was preaching at me about how wonderful technology is because his shirt doesn't smell like gasoline when he gets home. And his back doesn't hurt because he's pulling gasoline off a truck. And, and I think it's one of the disconnects that I had is I came out of EDC. I did go to the field a lot, but when I went to the field, I went with these super high tech tools. And I did not think about the tool that's getting used a hundred times a day. And I did not see that tech in that advantage. Cause while he, and not, not, to, not to not love the, the clean smelling shirt, but he also said he doesn't have to get gas and all of these other things I'm thinking, I don't put that in my workflow that you can cut, you know, all this time if you put some, some, some different styles of tech out there. So I just didn't understand his value. Like, like my values were way over here and he's talking about his, his basically his standard of living on the job site is improved by technology. And I was like, if I can improve your standard of living on the job site with technology, I guarantee you every time you'll say yes. So, so I've been looking ever since I had that conversation with that guy, I've been looking for like those little things that change the lifestyle on the job site. Yeah. It makes it better, makes it easier. And that's what makes you better than the average, uh, than the average VDC man, Jonathan, because that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. I mean, that's, that, that's the kind of return that, um, that pays itself over and over and over. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's also the power too, of something like, Again, you know, making something ergonomic is just as important as making something mentally easier in a workflow. Yeah. Or, you know, like when you look at, again, you know, part of what hopefully makes me a good advocate for this industry, which is always something working on improving, is the fact that I spent, you know, days and days designing lights in the dark because you have to be able to design a light that can work whether you're reading black and white plans or whether you're looking at green or blue wires or whether you're looking at drawings. Right. And so it's all about the ergonomics. It's, you know, am I working overhead? Am I working at table height? How many of us have innovated by setting up a table so people aren't, you know, working off the ground or aren't working, you know, at height? So it's just, it's all about all of the pieces coming together. That's it's such a cool piece of it. And, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left and, and, you know, we did bring the adults on. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Or the, you know, I would call you like that forward thinking version of the dorks. Like we're all connected to it, but I want to get the, an opportunity for both of you to kind of talk about where you see it going. And, and, you know, if you had the perfect plan for what the construction dorks would be doing in five years, Josh, what would it look like? 
Yeah, you know, I'm excited about that. I think that we start to to get to a point where maybe we can move a little faster. I think that's one thing about all of us. We we to be where we're at, uh, good listening skills, have patience. Uh, the, the fact that as we start to look, I, I, I always you go back to 2008. You look at how 2008 and that downturn, the hit to the economy in our industry, how it pushed so much technology forward at an accelerated rate, I'm optimistic that this pandemic is going to do something very similar and create a sense of urgency and allow us to, to jump forward. You know, what, what I'm most excited about is how the conversations are going to evolve. What we're talking about today and is that we're talking about right now, how, how we're going to be having new conversations that, that we really can't even envision as we start to, 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 experience different workflows, I think we're going to see a breakdown of, of barriers and silos. And we're going to see mechanical contractors talking more freely to electrical contractors. We're going to see electrical contractors having more conversations directly with the engineers. The contracts are going to be built initially to not cause conflict. That it's, you know, I guess what I'm saying here is more of a, a kumbaya kind of utopia. I, I really do believe we're going to see walls and barriers broken down that allow us to get work done and, and have conversations about, hey, hey, why are you producing? Don't, don't, don't worry about drawing that. We're going to have to redo that anyway. So stop producing that. You know, we call it design for 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 bid versus uh, design for. I've, I've kind of started altering that a little bit, like design for permit to design to installation. Stop doing that. Let's work together. Let's put these things together and, and, and let's do what makes sense. And I think that's what we're going to be doing more of is what makes is common sense. There's a lot of things that do not make sense in our industry today. The contracts are broken. The way that we're positioned to come in at an adverse level, I really believe that's what's going to change the most that we're going to see in the next four to five years. I think it's, it's, it's going to be how we work together. It's not going to be the technology. It's going to be quality of life, Jonathan. It's going to be what makes us all better. And if we can all talk about measured mile, if we can use that today, the electricians are speaking Spanish. The, the sheet metal contractors are speaking Portuguese. The mechanical contractors are, are speaking French. To, if we can start thinking measured mile and thinking of more of the, the mathematics side around this and how we operate our business, now we're sitting here and we're, we're starting to get that, that language coming together. So I think that's where we're going to see it go. That's a big one to follow to hear, but I know you, I know you've got a lot that, and that probably triggered a little bit more too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think, I think what, what Josh is painting this picture, it's this whole idea of even from this, this pandemic, from this, 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 uh, all of the movements that are making us feel more disconnected. It's the idea of how do we become more connected, right? We've talked about connected job sites. We've talked about connected data, data lakes, all these pieces, but it's about how do we, not just connect with each other, which has been a major theme of, of the podcast so far, but also how do you connect with the field? How do you connect with bringing more people into the industry? And how do you connect with solving these, these major problems in a way that allows us to all move faster? So to me, like, again, you know, my big focus is connectivity, but I don't mean, you know, throwing internet on a job site. I don't mean throwing Bluetooth on a job site. I don't mean throwing all your, your data and your information in one repository. What I mean is, all of these things, 
right? And so that's what I think is, is most exciting is that whether you're talking the people conversation or the process conversation, or you're talking the best practices, it's all there. And so that's, that for me is my big hope for this group and for what we can do together. Well, that there's really nothing else we can say to follow that one up to hear to hear and Josh, I want to thank both you guys for joining us today. Um, I know for me in the next five years, I just want to continue to be around such incredible people as all of you and those who are joining us listening here and those who are joining us listening into their living rooms, wherever they are. Um, it's really, truly a treat. And this is a pleasure and something that um, it brings far more joy to me than I get out of any of, uh, than I could possibly believe I give back into it. So, uh, you know, Travis, Jonathan, Trent, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. And uh, to you great people to hear and Josh, follow them out there on social media, follow the hashtag construction dorks, spread the word. And my challenge to all of you is bring one more person virtually with you next week, whether it's from your company or from your backyard, or just your neighbor and make them listen to the dorks dork out. Um, thanks for joining us all today. And we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Bye.